Welcome to the We're Better Together podcast. I'm Ian Stevenson. And I'm Daniel Ardunia. Each month, we're excited to bring you an incredible interview with someone who has experience in facilitating an environment where people work better together. And each week, we'll share some actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life to help you function better together, whether it's in your marriage, family, team, workplace, church, or community. Thanks for spending time with us today. Now let's jump into some content and get better together. Hey, everybody. We want to welcome you to another 10-minute tune-up. We want to do all we can to encourage you to, to build collaboration and teamwork wherever you are, whether it's your family, your marriage, your workplace, in your community. If you're working to pull people together, we want to help. So that's why we're here. And today we're actually going to talk about the idea of creating a culture where it's okay to fail. And you might wonder, how does that work with being better together? I mean, if you're trying to be better, you don't want to fail. But failure is part of the journey and creating that culture, as you're going to hear, is a key piece to it. So, Daniel, let's jump in. Tell us a little bit of your thoughts on this whole idea of why is creating a culture of failure important to being better together? Yeah, I feel like I have a love-hate relationship with failure. Maybe some people out there only hate failure. Um, I feel like I have a love-hate. The hate part, I I don't like failing. Um, It doesn't feel good. In, in any way, shape, or form. Yet I feel like I've learned along the way that there can be a healthiness to how you approach failure. And when I think for myself, I think early on in, um, in me being raised up as a leader, I had mentors that allowed me and gave me permission, a word that you use to, to fail. And I saw the difference that, that that made. And I saw the relationship that it also helped build because it allowed for me to dream. It allowed for me to leap big, but it then I knew that, that mentors and people that love me would be there to catch me, would be there to walk me through those moments where maybe I did fail. But what also happened was that there were things where gifts, talents became exposed because someone allowed for me to risk. Someone allowed for me to leap, knowing that there was a chance of failure. There was an, also a chance of success, though. And I think that's really shaped me in my own leadership and how I lead others but for you, Ian, as well, to keep us rolling, I know you have some things that have come to mind for you, too. Yeah, I mean, exactly what you just said, bro. Like, um, my one of my very first jobs, I'll never forget uh, my boss coming to me and, and saying, hey, Ian, I know you're stepping into this. It's brand new. You're leading people that are older than you. You're doing something you've never done before. And I just want you to know right off the bat, you've got the freedom to fail. And I'm like, What? I got the freedom to fail. Like I, I thought I had to, had to be, you know, I had a bit of a perfectionistic piece about me and was very driven to want to win. And so hearing this like almost blew me out of the water and it really changed my trajectory. I think in a lot of ways, because to your point, he gave me permission to just go for it. And he said, I want you to have the freedom to fail because I want you to go for it. I want you to try things, do things that might not work out, but as long as you're heading in the right direction towards our goal together, it's okay. And, you know, that shaped me because I think had I not been given that permission, the way I'm wired, I would have been someone that would have just dropped a lot of shame and guilt on people when they failed. I would have pushed too hard. And and even though sometimes you might feel like that's what makes things better, it really doesn't. You know, when when you give people that permission to fail as they're pursuing the goal and the focus, to your point, it brings out the best in them. 
It brings out creativity. It brings out, you know, trying and innovating and doing things that they might never have done before, rather than if they're in this box where they feel like they've got to perform perfectly or they're going to get guilt and shame and, and yelled at and everything's going to come down hard on them. It's not going to bring out the best, you know? So I, I, I completely agree with all your opening statements there. Um, it, you know, when we were talking earlier, you talked about a Tim Tebow thing you heard about. What, can you share with that that a little bit with everybody? Yeah, Tim Tebow had one of his famous speeches. It's kind of become known as the I Promise speech. And he played quarterback at the University of Florida. And there's a game that they lost. And they had this vision and goal, right, to win a national championship. And he was feeling like he he failed in that game. He didn't give as much effort. His focus wasn't there as much. Losing track of the vision, as you just said, Uh, And yet what happened was he took that and to maybe the three words that we use, focus, adjust, persevere. He took this moment of failure, how he responded to it. And he came out and he made this speech about promising Gator Nation that nobody would work harder than him the rest of the year, that he would put everything that he has into what it is that he was doing. And in that kind of leadership kind of collected around and the team gathered that momentum and they went on and ended up winning a national championship. So you could see that response to failure as well. You've got this creating a culture of failure. You've got how do we respond to failure? And you could see in that moment how somebody responded to fail, how they adjusted to it, then how they persevered and what that actually led to. And I think that that's huge as well. Um, I think, Ian, for what you shared too, in the sense of, of what permission to fail can do is that some people will be willing to jump onto a team, will be willing to come together. I've seen this happen in church community that I'm in, where I've got a 50, 60-year-old older generation, if you want to say, thinking about the generations underneath and saying, can we please create a culture that, yes, holds on to the vision of this community, but where we invite teenagers to participate in the prayers, in preaching, in leading out certain ministries, let's walk alongside them. And what I've actually seen happen then is that teenagers are like, oh, a little bit of what you said. I don't, I don't have to be perfect. I can test this. I can try this. Now, all of a sudden, you've got generations working together because there was a sense of we're not going to be afraid to failure. We're going to give permission. And now I've seen engagement happen and I've seen relationship built and a sense of being better together amongst generations happen within that. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we call this podcast, we're better together. So it's all about getting better. And sometimes you, you just don't get better unless you're willing to fail, unless you've got that culture to fail that helps you get better, right? But if you're so afraid because you got to be perfect, then, you know, you're, you're not going to get better because you're going to be like constrained in this box. Um, and, and so I, I think it's just really key for our listeners right now to even start thinking about how do you deal with failure? Like even for yourself personally, what kind of demands do you put on yourself? Do you bring guilt and shame down on yourself where you don't even give yourself permission to fail? And when you do, you beat yourself up. Maybe you got to do a little work on that in order to bring your best self into the team so that in the team that you're a part of, uh, the marriage, the family, whatever, you, you have more grace. You have more willingness to, to let people fail because God knows we all fail. Every single one of us screw up and we need that grace and that understanding. But here's the danger. If you create too much of that culture, 
where oh, it just lacks daisical. Go ahead and fail. You know, a, you still need to stay focused on the goal. To your Tim Tebow point, they were still focused on the national championship. Yeah. That failure was not what they wanted, not what he wanted, but he used it to make him better. And and if you can create that kind of culture in whatever setting you're working for union, even if it's you know, even with your family, like with your kids, you know, you want to you want to pursue and build a great family together. Like you, you can't expect perfection. You can't. You've got to. You've got to create a culture that helps them learn from failure and grow from failure, um, and almost embrace failure because then they're going to risk and do their best. So I, I hope all our listeners right now, you're starting to think about how you respond, how you deal with failure, how you, what kind of culture you're bringing into your marriage, your family, your workplace. And um, that's an important question because it, it's a part of what will make things better. Yeah. I would encourage our listeners as well. If, if you've heard any of our podcasts, our 10 minute tune-ups, we do use these words, focus, adjust, persevere. If I could encourage you in this idea of failure, remain focused on your goal, know your goal, adjust when needed, be willing to make shifts as, as maybe you fail in something and then kind of break that down and figure out how do I need to adjust to this? And at the same time, then to persevere, continue to press on. Hey, you failed. That doesn't mean it's done. That doesn't mean it's over. How can you keep pressing through into chasing after the goal that you're chasing after? That applies to you individually. That applies to any team that you're on, families that you're a part of. But we would encourage you in that way. And then we would remind you that we've got interviews that happen once a month. The first Monday of every month, we drop an interview with somebody. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're better together. Feel free to share this with anyone that is in your circles. We look forward to giving you more encouragement and bringing you more interviews soon. Yeah, if you ever want to reach out to us, our uh, emails are there at the bottom of the screen. If you're on YouTube, if not, um, it's Ian at wearechellis.com and Daniel at narrativecostamesa.com. If you've got questions, anything you'd like to hear more about in these things we're talking about, feel free to reach out to us. Um, and if you would like us, if, if this is helpful to you at all, you know, like us on whatever platform you're listening to it on. But we're so grateful to be a part of encouraging you to be better together in whatever setting you're in. So thanks so much for tuning in today. We'll see you next time. And uh, you're not going to want to miss our next interview at the beginning of the month. We've got a real special one for you with Harris Third, uh, a guy who's traveled all over the world and done all kinds of magic and made a million dollars by the time he was 21, has learned a bunch. Man, you're not going to want to miss that interview. Uh, He's got some great stuff for you. So we'll see you next time. And uh, make sure you, that first Monday in May, you tune in to hear about that interview. All right. Thank you all. Have a great day. Thank you.